0: Welcome to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And today, once again, we have Joe Wells with us, the co-founder of Cayo Publications. Uh, Joe, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate you being here. Last, uh, Our last discussion was just amazing. Really enjoyed the information. And I do want to remind everyone that they can go to cayopublications.org, and they can have access there to the materials that Uh, You have uh, published and that you're involved in promoting there that will help people in the home in a number of different areas. And so we appreciate the ministry that you're involved in in regards to that and hope that people will be able to go there and and be able to get some information that will help them. Uh, We concluded last time in talking about the aspect of, of leadership in the home and why that's so critical in relationship to our society and our culture today. And I want to build on that in regards to how leadership in the home can help provide the leadership that's needed in the church today.
1: Okay. I appreciate that. Well, obviously, you know, with the emphasis at home that we talked about last week Mm -hmm. or the last podcast, um, that has been our belief that by strengthening the home, that you can help strengthen the Lord's church. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's because at the home, those are where the early years of leadership principles are going to be taught. Right. We're learning what it looks like to lead, not just uh, a concept of do this because I said so, but we're observing what it looks like to shepherd, I guess is a way to say that, right? And I, I've always looked at uh, kind of each individual home as you you have sheep and then the parents shepherd those sheep, right, if, if the Lord has blessed that home with with a, right. with children, right? So the idea is then that almost could be looked at, not in the exact way, but a microcosm of what it looks like to have authority, what it looks like to be in submission, what it looks like to lead in a manner that doesn't force the sheep or push the sheep in a direction that is bad for the sheep, but the sheep are lovingly endeared to the shepherds, right? right? So the idea behind strengthening the home is going to be to strengthen the church, ultimately, in that as the next generation grows and they see what godly men and godly women, what that looks like to lead in the home, that transitions into, okay, well, then how am I supposed to lead when it comes to the bigger picture uh, in, the, in the church? And so the concept for us, not just from a standpoint of elderships, so I don't want to, I guess, maybe just hold it into the eldership category, but leadership in so many ways. You think about ways to lead in the Lord's church. I, I don't always just think about the big titled positions. I think about um, individuals who are Bible class teachers, Individuals who lead from a standpoint of uh, out-greeting individuals, uh, am am, am I going to lead in hospitality? Am I going to lead in generosity? Am I going to lead in ways that individuals who may never receive a position or be be asked to be a deacon or may never be asked or appointed to be elders— that there's still leadership possibilities and we know that to be the case because you and I both and probably those of your listeners could name countless individuals in their lives within the Lord's church who may not be the deacon or the elder right but they are still leaders right in their respective areas that they have thrown themselves into so my my concept is this then as we as we work in the home and as the, the children see the parents leading in the way that they are, that there's a transition and a call up at home where moms and dads call their children up to lead in other contexts. Uh, I believe that will be natural when mom and dad are leading at home the way that they should. So as that child then goes to school, the issue is not, are they going to be voted class president? The issue is, will they be a leader within their context? Um, you know, the, I, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm a, the, the, the more, I, the older I get, the realize I begin to realize this, that I don't have to do everything. I just have to be faithful in the context that I'm in. Amen. And, and that's okay for you to have a different context than me. That's right. And you to excel in your context, right? I don't have to excel in your context. I've just got to be faithful in mine. Yeah. And so the home serves as a way to call children up to be faithful in their context, not only socially, but I also believe in the church. And as those kids grow, and as they become adults, not only are they looking to see other people leading in their context, and I would throw elders in that category as well as deacons, uh, but I would also put Bible class teachers. I would sure. put individuals who take on what we would say are just the tasks that happen. You know, the fairies taking out the trash, or the fairies <laughs> filling up the communion trays, right? Sure. Or picking up the, the songbook, tra- the trash out of the songbook rack. Yeah. Uh, but there are leaders, and those kids see that. And they learn from that. So what happens is there's a transition. And the church then, you're growing leaders uh, even within the cultural context of the church. Sure. Right? But I believe that starts at home. Uh, I believe at home is where a child sees what a godly father looks like leading his family. What does it mean to lead? And we talked about last time the idea of the ducks following the the mother right. duck, the adult duck. The duck leads from the front. The the adult duck leads from the front. Versus, there are other groups that will push their children, right? And they will lead from the back, almost saying, "Hurry up, go, 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 go." You know. And the idea is this: I firmly believe the leading from the front model is uh, more accurate to what God would have us to sure. have in the church, right? And so, if we can get the home life leading from the front. I believe that will transition into the new generation growing up and having been called up to lead from the front.
0: So obviously in the culture that we live in, there is a great deal of dysfunctionalism Mm -hmm. that exists when we think about the home. I mean, in so many different areas from single parenting to uh, just the approach of homosexualism and and what's being taught uh, through our culture. And what do you think becomes maybe one or two of the greatest challenges that leaders in the church face when it comes to the, to the home? Because obviously that dysfunctionalism in the world is going to influence many homes in the church as well. So what would be one or two of the greatest challenges that leaders in the church face when it comes to leading a congregation where that influence exists in the home?
1: Right. And to answer that with blanket statements are very tough. Because I don't know who will listen to your podcast, sure. right? Will it be inner city California, or will it be rural Tennessee, right? right. And so it's I, I got to be cautious to make too too s- small of an application with that. So right. I guess from my standpoint, uh, some of the big issues that I see, right? Obviously, you mentioned homosexuality. You mission, mentioned mentioned. Uh, a couple other concepts I would throw in there that we would love to think that sexual abuse or abuse of any nature is outside of the church, but it's not. Right. Uh, we would love to think that um, fatherlessness doesn't hurt the individuals in the church, but it does. Right. Uh, we would love to think that cohabitation is not an issue in the church, but it is. You right. know. Now, to what extent? I can't give you numbers. Right. But I, I do know just from personal ministry experience that. Uh, the fatherlessness, I mean, you look across the board, typically when there is a single parent bringing their child or children to worship service, typically it's going to be a mother. We have higher rates of females bringing their children alone to the services than males bringing their children alone to the services. Absolutely. So when you're starting to talk about leadership in the home and you're talking about issues pertaining to that, well, what's going on within the marriage? What's going on? Is is the dad even in the home? Is divorce Uh, Impacted our culture today, Uh, and therefore the church is kind of seeing the same concepts where now you have many single parent households. Uh, You know, that is a cultural issue uh, that we have today. Sociologists have studied the impact of of fatherlessness, you know, especially in certain areas where uh, children who are raised in environments where dads aren't in the picture. Uh, studies that have been shown that they are more likely to turn to things that are destructive, not only to culture, but to them personally, you know, in behaviors and things like that. So I guess the idea behind that is trying to to pinpoint. But I guess a couple things I would say is this. Number one, leadership. In the ideal situation where there is a mom and there is a dad and there are the children, right? And let's say they're church attenders. Um, one of the things that I believe has to be led from the front is a a, a resistance to apathy in the home. Hmm. In in other words, um, I took them to church. You know, no, we didn't open our Bibles during the week. Uh, Yes, the TV's on all the time. Uh, yes, there's language on these shows. We don't turn it. We celebrate. You know, we, we are entertained by two individuals who are not married, who are sleeping together on that particular TV show. We use excuses. Oh, I can disassociate. It has no impact on me. My children aren't impacted by seeing the levels of violence or the levels of immorality or the political messages advancing immorality, yeah. right? And we make excuses, right? But the problem is those messages are not lost on our children they see the inconsistency at home right? That's right so leaders have got to call the homes and provide provide resources but provide training to go beyond an apathetic approach at home how do they do that obviously is the question then how do how do elders call parents to be more than just church attenders therefore impacting the kids and i believe it's a more personal relationship first of all many of our leaders don't know these families yes i hate to say that but we really don't you you don't know the smith family you know if i, I say you a, a hypothetical leader right you, you you only know what the smith family shows you at church and that's oftentimes a masquerade with many of us. See, I joke about how we can have a massive family argument on the way to church services, but when we get out, it's like, put your mask on and everybody come in here and we shake hands. Oh, how are you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Life is good. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that my marriage is struggling or that we're having a hard time with our kids or that we're not sure what we're going to do financially because my job may be in question or I've got a pornographic addiction and it's really causing problems in my my own psyche and self-confidence yeah. because I feel bad every time I do that, right? And so one of the things I would say is this, elders have got to, or leaders have got to, it, 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 it's a more personal. It can't be we made a decree and we set this plan in motion so everybody in the church is gonna have to be okay. It really is more of a, a personal approach. Right. But I would also say this then, once you have that personal connection and the real talk from a shepherd, a mentor, to the leaders of a home, right? Then it's how can we help you in that area? That's where I would, obviously I may be biased in this, but that's where providing your membership resources comes into play. Yes. Uh, you know, one of the great things about our congregation where we attend our eldership, they will spend, they will spend money to provide books and resources for free. For the membership, there's a book rack and they'll draw regular attention to it and say, Hey, we got a new book out here. We encourage every family member to swing by and pick one up. We bought one for everybody. Wow. You know, and and that's an investment. That's right. In the family, not just in the air conditioning of the church building or not just in, you know, the lawn mowing of the church property. It's an investment in the homes, right? And so I would, I would say apathy is one of those. From the other side of that, I would say that, um, there is a lot of diversity in what the home looks like today. The idea of two parents and 2.3 children is quickly becoming the uh, outside of the norm, you know, in many places. And so I do believe one of the things that we could do is emphasize more of a personal mentorship right. aspect. So not just calling them up out of apathy and trying to equip them at home to be more than just church attenders, but it's the idea of this. We need more of a Titus chapter two concept with women to women. You got single moms who are doing the best they can, working full-time jobs, taking care of that home and and ultimately playing two roles of which God never called them to play, both the mother and the father. And then when they come to services and they sit in the pew, uh, we need to have women reach out to them Beyond just well, we're glad you're here. Welcome, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes. We ne- and it's not just well, let your daughter sit with me or your son sit with me. Those are great things. Yes. But what about Monday? What about Tuesday? What about Wednesday? What about third? You know, who's who is the one that's making themselves available to that lady to speak truth into her life? And oftentimes you got to serve before they're going to be willing to have you speak truth into their life. Right. So it can't be a, a somebody coming in and saying, "Well, let me tell you how to do this." Again, it's a relationship building concept that builds into mentorship. But I would also say from a leadership standpoint for men, um, we oftentimes think of leadership training as we are raising the next generation to become elders. And I'm not opposed to that. But I'm I'm wondering if some of what we are doing is is not as effective as it could be. Mm. Because I believe this, if you raise young men and young fathers to become solid disciples, regardless if they want to become an elder, right? You call them up, you mentor them through personal relationship to become solid disciples of Jesus, to lead their families at home. I think the elder part of it will take care of itself.
0: Yeah, I've I've read some stuff recently that just talks about discipleship before leadership. Mm-hmm. And and that concept is is very valid. Now, <clears throat> okay, we've we've talked about a number of different areas and and before we wrap this up, I have one particular question I I want to ask because I think it relates to, from a leadership pers- perspective, uh, elder in the congregation or even just other men in the congregation who are older and they've, they've been married a long time. What advice would you give to a young couple that's approaching the, this idea they want to get married? And I'm asking from the perspective, not just what advice would you give them, but from that perspective, how could those who are leaders be able to use that same advice to give to those that come to them? Uh, Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah. you got a young couple who's thinking about getting married.
1: Right. What advice could a a leadership give to them maybe?
0: And I mean, obviously it's your advice that you would give, but it would help them to understand what they need to say to a couple that comes and says, you know, we're thinking about getting married. What advice would be best to give them?
1: Man, do we have
0: enough time? <laughs> I was going to say, I,
1: you, you tell me the time again. I would say that depends on the circumstance because hopefully, the leadership knows the individuals, right? Right, and so the advice would be specific to the individuals. Sure. Um, some generals, though, that I would say that that if I were in that position, that I would offer is uh, I would teach uh, and emphasize their ind- the couple, the young couples' individual commitment to the lord. I would emphasize that heavily. And, and here's here's my reason behind that because marriage you're talking about you've you know you've heard of commitment, you've heard of uh, dedication, all these words that come to mind when I you think about marriage and one of the things that I love to do when I travel and I speak, i love to to listen to people who've been married 50 plus years. Yeah. And uh, and I ask the question because and I'm seriously thinking about writing a book, a pre-marriage counseling book from the advice of those who've been married 50-plus years. Oh, that'd be great. And it's going to be individual chapters based upon the advice that those individuals have given me. I've been told everything from uh, divorce wasn't in our vocabulary. Yeah. When we said, I do, there was no question. I've heard individuals say, it's not a 50-50 commitment. It's a 100-100. And some days you're going to give more than you get. I've heard other guys, and I think there's honesty in this. He said, sometimes it's okay to go to the garage. <laughs> And the idea, you know, from behind that is we would love to think that it's always going to be mushy gushy and lovey dovey, but sometimes you need to separate. Go yeah. to your corners. Yeah. You know, and cool down, come back. And, and and so I would emphasize individual commitment. See that I this is and I'm gonna say it. I'm not emphasizing, did you obey the gospel? Right. I'm not doing a checklist of is 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 he a Christian, is she a Christian? And if they're not Christians, then that ought to be a red flag. See, I think that's a given. Right, right. I think that's a given. But what I'm talking about is this: Are you committed to the Lord? Because if something of an eternal nature that you have signed up for when you obeyed the gospel, if you're not committed to that, how are you going to be committed to this Amen. to the so level good. that you need to be? Yeah. And I would sit down with a guy, 22, 23 year old guy, and here's a, here's the reality. Sometimes we don't like to take this approach. I guess my approach is very. Uh, uh, real, I would look at him in the eye and say, "Why do you think you're demonstrating that you're committed to the Lord? Mm. Yeah, how do you judge your commitment?" Right. Well, I attend church. Well, that's great because when you tell me you're committed to your wife, then you're going to say this: I come home every night, and you know what's going to happen to that relationship? It's going to get old real quick. Yeah. Because attendance doesn't equal commitment. That's right. At home, so why would we think that equals commitment to the Lord? You know what I'm saying? So I would have that, com- that that conversation. And here's the reality. Many people don't do that because they look at it as meddling. But I think if leaders are going to lead from the front mm. and these couples come to them, not only does it need to happen to the guy, but there needs to be a conversation with the young lady. Obviously, my approach is I can be I feel more confident to be more blunt with men. Right. Because um, I think sometimes our our defenses are strong that we need to be challenged And sometimes to be challenged, somebody's got to look you right in the eye and challenge your manhood and say, look, buddy, you're talking about leading this family. Mm -hmm. Her father is about to give her to you. That's right. And do you really believe that your commitment to the Lord has demonstrated that you're ready for this? And you know what? I pray that he walks out and says yes. But if nothing else, he's going to walk out of that meeting and he's going to say, whoa. (laughs) This is more serious than I thought. It's not just, man, I can't believe she's so good looking physically, I can't wait till the honeymoon night. Yeah. This is this is no joke. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So I would start there. I mean, that's a general. And I don't know if that's I mean, I could I don't know what time we have, but (laughs) that would be my idea of where to start, you know. I would also challenge the the couple, how is your marriage? How is your marriage gonna bless the church and thus bless the Lord? Right. So, it's not just an individual commitment thing, but I firmly believe when individuals are married, when they join in union, oftentimes it's very self focused. And that's, it's going to be to an extent. In other words, we are in love. This is what makes us happy, right? Sure. My attitude is as they mature, they ought to grow into a, all right, are we a powerhouse couple for the Lord? And not in the sense of we're putting ourselves out there and promoting ourselves. But in the sense of as we are committed to the Lord and raising a a, a family of disciples, Jesus seeking individuals, church attendance is a given, service to the Lord is a given, calling the next generation up is a given. But I need them to think about that early in life. Yes, you know, be intentional before children ever come into the marriage. Are we going to set out to be a power couple for the Lord? Yeah. And what does that mean? That means beyond church attendance. Sure. It doesn't it's not an apathetic approach. But neither is it a self-seeking self-glorifying approach. It we're not in this for us. We're in this how can we bless the congregation where we at yeah. and how can we ultimately bring honor and glory to God through our marriage. So,
0: that's awesome. I tell you, I hate that we're on a time schedule with some of these because Uh, At some point in the future, I I would really love for us to get together again and explore some of these further.
1: Absolutely. But
0: I can't thank you enough for taking time to to just spend and visit with us. And it'll be a blessing to all the listeners. The material that you've shared about leadership in the home and and just advice to young couples as they enter into that relationship and thinking about that is just invaluable. So thank you. Thank you, Bob. I do want to remind everyone again. Uh, that there is information, their publication, uh, uh Joe and his wife Erin and, and have been co-founders of that since 2012, and there's just a great deal of information there that you can access that will benefit you when it comes to your relationships in the home. And so I encourage you to do that and to visit their website. And thank you for tuning in again this week. My, again, my name is Bob Turner, and I am the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, and we Pray that you'll continue to be blessed by these uh, salt casts and that you will join us again next week. God bless.